envision three female attorneys coming together to have our voices heard. Each of us would have different opinions, different passions, different backgrounds, and different views. Although we are different and unique, we are able to come together to discuss our experiences navigating through the legal profession and this thing called life. Now, the vision has come alive, and we invite you each and every week to listen to us as we talk about what's trending in the news and our legal insights, tackle real-life issues that affect not only us as attorneys, but us as women of color. Disclaimer, this podcast is intended to provide entertainment and general information. The information provided and the views given are not intended to constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as legal representation. All views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever we are affiliated with now or will be affiliated with in the future. Hey guys, and welcome back to No Further Questions. I hope everybody had a good week. Um, So let's get started. Today we're going to talk about professionalism in the 21st century. And of course, you know, I got my girls with me. I'm Brandy to my left. I'm Taria. Hey guys. To my right. I'm Samantha. What's up, guys? So this is something that's been weighing on our hearts and stuff, you know, dealing with navigating professionalism as a young professional. So on the docket call, we got some interesting topics. We got for our case one, we're going to talk about being young and professional. Case two, we're going to talk about tips on professionalism. Case three, we're going to talk about how do you maintain your professionalism when you are tried at work. Tried it. (laughs) And by your coworker, management, whoever. And then, as always, case three, we're going to talk about, um, I'm sorry, we gonna, then we're going to lay everything to rest. So let's get started with case number one. Taria, take it away. Okay, so uh, we're on the younger end of the professionalism are spectrum. We? I think so. I, I think we are. So we're not like old and... Decrepit. Exactly. Jinx. Gray hair. Um, And so when I was looking at this, what does it really mean to be young and a professional? And I started looking at the different generations that there were. And I think that we fall into either Gen X generation or being a millennial and um, a professional. And so typically I call us a younger professionals because it's the people who were just in their first 10 years or whatever your profession is. So Mm -hmm. if you're... You know, we're lawyers, but if you're a doctor or your accountant or whatever, your first 10 years of you just kind of navigating the career path that you chose. And what does it look like to be a professional when you're that young? And does it look the same as the older people in that profession? Well, it definitely don't look the same. I mean, because trends have changed. Mindset has changed. Mm-hmm. So we're not, definitely we're not our parents. Worth ethic has changed. We've seen that in the workplace. So it doesn't look the same. What you think, Sam? Um, I think it's different. I think because a lot of, um, not only are we younger, but um, we face a lot of things that the generations prior to don't don't uh, face. Like, for example, like my boss loves to talk about how she does not know what a student loan is because she went straight through she didn't have to pay for any student loans or anything but um pretty much most of the professionals that you encounter struggle and are panini pressed (laughs) with (laughs) the uh student loan debt so i think that that kind of adds to it most professionals have that 
to pay or to deal with as well. Well, and I think also just with professionalism in general is if you were to ask a younger a younger person what, a, what is a professional versus an older person, what is a professional, their idea is probably different. So I got to work every day with jeans and a shirt on. Girl, as an attorney, it's it's amazing. I do too. Hey, but I know there's some <laughs> older professionals and older attorneys who have said, "You come to work, even if you have clients or not, like you're going to see a client today, or like you're going to court today, mm-hmm. right?" Yeah. But then there's this new age of generation that's coming through that says, "Hey, if I don't have clients that are coming in every day, if I'm not seeing a judge, why can't I wear jeans and a shirt? What does that? What does my attire have anything to do with how small and is high?" <laughs> it like, is hot, but I, hot. I will say I am a little bit old school on that because you will rarely catch me unless it's like a dressy jean in the office with jeans on unless it's a Friday. But I do that for, for a few reasons. One, because when clients come in, I think that clients have a certain idea of what a lawyer looks like in their brain. And because I'm younger... I find myself overcompensating for you to take me more serious that I'm really your lawyer because, you know, some people will come in, oh, you look so young to be a lawyer. So um, I try to give them that lawyer experience, you know. I I don't want to walk in to my doctor's office and, yeah, you know, you you may not need to wear a lab coat, but I don't actually want to see you with some Crocs and uh, some cargo shorts on. I, I, w- I like the lab coat and scrub. <laughs> See, I'm not bothered by that. That, that not doesn't either. affect me. Um, you can be in the best suit. It can be a three-piece suit. It can be a $5,000 suit. And you don't know anything that you're talking about. I stopped going to a doctor because she wore heels. Really? Fast. That doesn't bother me. Because I was like... I can't take you serious. Like, what are you doing? Like, you need your company. She's shoes putting on. her best foot forward. Mm-hmm. This is not a runway. <laughs> so, when you saw her, that doctor in heels, did you consider her to be professional? I did consider her to be professional, but I did. I was taken back a little bit. Because you have an image of what your doctor needs to look like. Because I have an idea Mm -hmm. on the type of doctor that I like in my mind, okay? And my doctor, in my mind, she don't wear heels, okay? She wears them little nurse shoes, them little... um, the little white Oxfords or whatever? No, not the white Oxfords. They're they're like those, but they're um, the smocks Mm -hmm. or um, clogs, the medical clogs. So you discriminated on the lady. <laughs> did I discriminate? You did. You discriminated on because the lady. Because she had on heels. Heels. Were they kitten heels? They were kitten inch? heels, which made me judge her more. Like, <laughs> so. No, but it, it's just like, <laughs> this is not a fashion show, ma'am. My health is serious. Like, but she, did she come in with a dress and her lab coat? So she had on heels, a dress, she, and she a lab coat? She had on a lab coat, and she had on a dress. That's fine to me. That's still professional to me. Right. It's just not what I was looking for. You want to scrub, you know, like some, shoes, and a Like lab some coat. people, you know, like you see some lawyers, right, and they are just anti-suits. You know, like, depending upon where you practice, like if you go to California, they ain't going to be rocking no suits. You know, they In make, court or just in their office? In court. They'll be yeah. wearing flip-flops in court if you go to Cali. Bear County, San Antonio, they do that. Yeah, I mean. very relaxed, <laughs> you know. 
but I'm that's just that's just not that's not the person I'm looking so for. So do you think that attire then comes into play when it comes to professionalism? I think that to a certain extent it's a give and a take, right? So do I think that you have to wear a three-piece suit and stockings <laughs> and, you know, closed-toe shoes to the office? No. But do I think that your clients have a certain expectation and I think that, you know, they don't want to encounter you looking like you about to, you know, go to the picnic for the weekend? Well, see, the type of clients that I deal with, I mean, I guess it also depends on what type of clients. You know, the type of clients I deal with are, like, below poverty level. So a lot of times to make them feel comfortable and you want them to feel comfortable and not be intimidated, we, I'm not going to say dress down to the level but we do dress comfortable so mm-hmm. they will feel comfortable right so we're not always even if i have a client meeting i'm not having on like a suit or whatever i might do slacks in a, a nice shirt or i might have jeans and a nice shirt and maybe throw on some wedges but it's just to make my client feel comfortable so when she when they're talking to me and speaking to me they'll be more open up but if i have a suit yeah and i've seen it they will clam up and then mm-hmm. they feel like, oh, when I talk to you, because I'm not educated. Mm-hmm. I don't know the right words to say. Mm-hmm. You know, so they feel very intimidating. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's hard to help them. So I think it also depends on the type of clientele you have. I agree. And then I also think, like, I want to be able, because I ask my clients, too, like, depending upon who you are, what are you, what are you planning to wear to court? So if, if I'm coming in laxed, and then I'm asking you to come suited and booted, depending upon what we're going to court for. You know, I, I want to, I expect a certain thing of my clients, and I think my clients expect a certain thing of me. So I think for court, it's totally different. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's different. Now, my last job, I was a personal injury attorney in Austin, and Austin is... Like mini California. <laughs> relaxed, you know what I mean? Everybody's in Keep the courthouse with a suit on and some cowboy boots on. Yes. Like that's professional, but okay. <laughs> I like the cowboy. But my firm, they changed everything and we had um, paraphernalia. And so if you, as long as you had a, a, car, a polo shirt on with the the law firm's name on it, right. you could wear jeans every day. And so I got to wear jeans every day with the polo shirt on or a cardigan. Yeah. And my clients loved it because with the personal injury case, I was doing plaintiff's work. And these people, something had happened in their life where their life had been shattered by, yeah. you know, some like catastrophic in, injury. <laughs> uh-huh. And they just want to come in and talk to someone who's going to talk on their level, mm-hmm. who's going to understand where they're coming from, and they're going to fight for them. They're not caring if I have red soles on my shoes or if I'm carrying the newest Louis Vuitton bag. They're more concerned with, can she take all that away and just hear my story mm-hmm. and tell my story and get me... I guess the the proper conclusion to this case mm-hmm. for what happened to me, and so it worked perfectly, and I felt like people were able to just understand us, and it didn't matter kind of what we had on. You couldn't tell the partners from the associates, you right. know. And so there are still those who still believed that I look so young. Did your boss know that you're here today? Did your boss? What did your boss think? Yeah. But when you put my boss and I in the room together. We're just regular people who just sat in school a little bit longer than they did. We have a few so more you, loans than we than the other person did. So you like you liked the uniforms? Yeah, I thought it was great. It was casual. I 
our profession is very stuffy sometimes. And I think that's one of the issues that happened with the whole young professional versus old professional and these younger attorneys that are coming through. I know for me, I don't want it being the old school way, you know, where it was the old man's club. And you may or may not have come to that table because if you're not male, you don't look a certain way, um, you're not a certain age, you're not going to have the same discussions versus now the younger generations. A lot of that stuff doesn't matter. What do you bring into the table? That's what should matter. I don't know. I I think it's a happy medium. Mm -hmm. I do think that the legal profession and some other professions are a little bit dated. They can be stuffy. But I can appreciate some of the stuffiness. Like, we are professionals. Like, I wouldn't want to wear a uniform because I feel like I don't work at Target. I'm a professional. Mm -hmm. And professionals, in my mind, wear suits or, you know, wear business casual. Now, what business casual means, I think, shifts. You know, some people are like, you can't wear your arms out. You know, you need to wear a cardigan or something like that. And it's like... Well, I don't know if we need to go that far, but I also don't need to walk into, I guess, because my profession, we, we do, you know, family law is very emotional experience. And I don't want to walk in to somebody who looks like they work at Target or Walmart with a uniform on. Like, Well, mine was not a uniform. Let me go ahead and clarify real quick. <laughs> we had different color um, cardigans. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I got mine it from was, the Gap and Banana. It was, and so it was really fabulous. I right. had more compliments right. um, from older lawyers. We'd go to different functions. They'd be like, hey, can I get a cardigan? They were trying to buy those cardigans off of me when I left. I looked great. I wore my own nice okay. pair of loafers. You know so, what I mean? So like, I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking about the cardigans. Classy. Because okay? I didn't see. Not a K. We have, like, when we do outreach, we have our polo shirts. Like, they, um, they purchase polo shirts for us. And I noticed, like, on Friday, the staff, apparently, you know, that's like go-go day or something. I've seen people so. wear them at CLEs, and I think they work for certain types of events. I just wouldn't want to meet with my client with one of you know what I'm saying? I like, wouldn't have a problem. I mean, I feel like that's a representation of you and your company, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Like, if you have one on. And I'll go on to say, when it came time for me to sit in a deposition, yeah. I'm coming to the table looking more of the, the professional uniform. Right. So I'd be in yeah. a nice dress, cardigan. I go to court all the time in a full-blown suit. But do you think that's still necessary? Do you think you still need to do that? For the courthouse, for a court, yeah, yes, because I go to small counties, and some of those um, male judges still believe that a woman needs to be in a skirt suit and pantyhose, and so um, some of it you have to come to the table a certain kind of way because your counterpart, if it's an older man, man, I've been in court before in Harris County where it was a shareholder on the other side, and he just just sidestepped me and started talking to the judge and they had already got like five points on the docket and I I, if I just did this yeah and he was super tall and I raised my hand and the judge looked up and he says oh Miss Hutchinson you have a comment I said yes your honor you've just ruled on five topics that I didn't get to say anything on he was like I apologize he just took over everything I think he even blocked you I couldn't even see you until you raised your hand right why? Because I was younger and he thought he could run over me. Right. And as a young professional, that's the kind of stuff that we're dealing with day in and day out of how you navigate coming into a profession that 
the person across the table from you, in the surgical room with you, um, in the classroom with you, has been here for so long, and here you come, young buck. How you how how do you do that? How do you do that? I mean, you know, they try to punk you, you know, try you, you know, test you or whatever. But how yeah. do you um how do you get through that? How do you navigate through that? I think you still have to assert yourself. I mean, you still have to, you know, um I'm not above professional shade. I'll say that. <laughs> you know, um, because Especially in the legal profession, seasoned attorneys will sometimes, especially if you have on the other side, someone will throw a little dig like, oh, you know, did you just pass the bar uh, yesterday? And I'll be like, well, was Jesus? <laughs> did you represent Jesus in his crucifixion? You know, I told a coworker who's in his 60s today, he teased me. He had on a Wiley College shirt. He always sees me. We're really cool. But he's a senior attorney in his 60s. And I said, oh, you graduated from Wiley College in 1912. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got, I mean, some of, it, some of it is just fun banter. But I think, like, if you are really getting to a, a place where someone is being unprofessional to you, and, and I will say that my boss has taught me this, um, you don't have to entertain everything that is placed at your doorstep. And I think as a younger professional, when I first was like, tried, you know, for example, um, being inundated with emails, because sometimes opposing counsel will send you emails over and over and over again, um, one, so they can bill for those emails, you know, so they can bill their client for those emails. And then two, to get like a response or nail you down to something that you don't agree with. But remembering that you control your reaction and you control your pace. And so sometimes I may get an email from an opposing counsel. And if it's not something that warrants a response, like something that is going to affect my client or something that needs to be handled uh, immediately, I don't have to engage with you. Like one client, you know, I mean, not one client, one opposing counsel, we were, we were emailing about an order and, uh, this particular opposing counsel said, well, send me case law that supports your position on why this should happen. And I said, I have set my motion for this date, and I will be more than glad to provide you that case law at this hearing. And point blank. And they kept emailing, and, and that was done. You don't have to, I think as a young professional, sometimes we feel like, we have to do this back and forth. And you don't have to. You can disengage in some of that stuff. And I think that's the reason why I fully agree with you. I think mentorship helps with that as well because mm -hmm. sometimes when you are younger, you want to prove that you know as much as the person right. who's emailing you or, I don't know, you're accounting, who's saying your number's wrong, whatever, yeah. your supervisors. You want to one-up them. But having a mentor, I've had some mentors even as far back as law school. Dean yeah. Ward, she's now Judge Ward. She's amazing. <laughs> um, I remember I was in budget and finance and student government. And let me tell you, get not letting people have their money, they will try and test you. And so I would be like, here's my long four-page email. And she's right. like, you know what, before you send that, send it to me and go to sleep. <laughs> right. And if you wake up the next morning and I've sent you a response to that and I've said you can send that, you can send it. Or if I'm not there, you wake up and you're like, this is still really good. I need to send this off. 
go ahead and send it. Yeah. But don't be so quick to send mm-hmm. that said email, especially in our career, or in our field, because those emails, they have a way of coming back at a hearing. You'll be sitting yeah. there like, did I really say yep. that? And so, you know, having somebody in mentor, maybe just a few years older than you, you know, they're at the same firm as you and they've just, they're four years in versus your first year in versus having someone that's a partner now. Or maybe in the, I remember talking to someone that said, finding a mentor in a career field that you want to be in. So let's yeah. say you're not, I want to do corporate law at some point or I want to do family law. Let me go find a mentor who does family law so then she can, he or she can start molding me into how to make that shift. Yeah. You know? And then I also think like setting your own rules for yourself as a young professional early on. Um, like I remember in college, one of my professors told me this and I always just keep this in my mind. He said, always have your go to hell money. And we we're like, what is go to hell money? <laughs> he was like, one. have your, have you enough money saved away where if in your profession, someone has ever asked you to do something morally, ethically, or, you know, something unprofessional or that makes you want to say, go to hell. You can say, go to hell and still have all your bills paid. And so I think that that is uh, one thing that, really just stuck with me and then two I realized early on this is probably like me practicing after two or three years um speak to me is a privilege and um sometimes opposing counsels some of them they don't they never met the truth like (laughs) honesty they don't they don't know what honesty is and so um (laughs) if if you have never met honesty or truthfulness then you probably should not speak with me because sometimes whatever your truth is which doesn't match reality you want to say that in front of a judge or in front of other people and that's not what happened so therefore I'm gonna go ahead and fix that for you and we could just communicate via documentation don't call me if you are going to tell stories and say things that aren't true because I'm not going to engage in that but I think when it comes to the documentation portion, there is an art to that as well. Correct. Right? Because you can tell the truth, mm-hmm. but you have to tell it in a way that if someone were to look at that same email, mm-hmm. they would understand your truth and understand that you were still professional right. while you did it. Yes. And you want to know the most powerful two letters you could write in an email? Okay. <laughs> because I love when opposing counsel sends me this long email and I say, okay, sent. That's it. I know you didn't piss them off. <laughs> well, because, because the thing is that sometimes if we're going to have a productive conversation, we're both advocating zealously for our clients as we've been asked to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have no problem with troubleshooting, talking with you about this case. But if you are calling to tell me what a horrible, um, attorney I am and what a horrible client I have. And I didn't give you notice of this and I'm being unethical and all this. Where, where are we going with this? Like, what do you expect for me to say? You, what, what response do you expect for me to have 
when you are basically mudslinging my way. So I, I'm not going to entertain that, you know? I mean, it's a privilege to talk to me. So you brought up one of the tips of professionalism that Forbes had. Number five was honesty, I believe it was. So we had yeah. a great article yeah. on the 16 tips of professional millennial should use, something <laughs> of that nature. And one of them was honesty. And I, I fully agree with you that, to me, all you really do have, well, I believe that my character is what I have, yeah. right? And so if I say I'm going to do something, then I'm going to try my best to do it. And if I can't do it, then... I'll navigate through. But the first one was attitude, you know, making sure that you constantly try to have some type of positive attitude. Now, you can't always have a positive attitude. Sometimes you're just having a bad day, but trying to find the glass is half or half full, right? Right. Um, Knowing what you believe in, right, and owning it. Yep, because I got my prayer in my office. See, because you never know when they're going to try you. Uh Uh-uh. Humility and integrity, honesty passion i think you got to find whatever area in our case the law that you find that you're passionate about so that your clients can believe in you and i believe if you're passionate about it you can wear a terry cloth and your your client will still be there with you that's just me i I just terry cloth a terry cloth Mm. timeliness this is what i struggle with if you're on time you're late I'm normally on time, so I'm normally late. So you should be early. early yeah. Yeah. I struggle. I struggle with that one a lot. Likeability. Not I everybody struggle. will like you. What? How can that be? Your I struggle Facebook. with that. Uh-huh. People don't like you? Well, um. Or do you care that, or you want people to like you? I don't know. I never really, like, thought of thought about like whether someone likes me you know but i when i thought about likability it's like me liking other people Um. (laughs) and i I think i mean because i say it all the time i really don't like people but i I think (laughs) likability i think likability in this case works with professionalism because even when you have to have those hard conversations like the, the the honesty conversations where Hey, I'm about to beat you. We're about to walk in here. I'm about right. to. I'm about to win this. They still like you at the end of the day. Yeah. Let's go to coffee, Tariya. That's because pe- one thing that people have to understand in any profession, you will come across each other again, mm-hmm. and that's what I tell my clients. When my clients want me to be all crazy with the opposing counsel, now look, I don't have a problem advocating my case, but. Y'all two will be divorced, and y'all may never have to see each other again. I may have this person on another case. Right. And so it's okay that I don't want to slit their throat. Right. It's, it, it's fine that I told them good morning. Oh, and they get mad with that. <laughs> oh, they get, clients get mad. And I tell them, like you say, I have to see this person again. Yes. I will have to work with this person again. It might be a case worse than yours right. that I might need them to help mm-hmm. me with. Yeah. So I will say, good morning. How is your day? You know, whatever. Get over it. I say more than that. I'm like, how your kids doing? Yeah, if I know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on? So how do y'all deal with when you have the clients who, I've had the older clients that are like my grandparents' age, oh, who want to tell you, Brent, are you old enough to be? I haven't here? had that. Oh, you haven't? Have, have you had the that. clients ask if you're old enough to be doing this? 
Yes, I've had clients ask me. I've had opposing counsels ask. How me. do you deal with it maybe professionally? I just look old. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe I just look old. <laughs> I just tell them the truth. I say, you know, yes, I I'm old enough. I've been practicing for this long, you know, and I reassure some of them because I understand if I was going back to a doctor's analogy, if I walked into a doctor's office and it was Doogie Hauser, you know, I'd be like, now hold on, you know, hold on. <laughs> When you when you get your medical license, but um, I I just reassure them that I know what I'm doing, you know, and I let them know I'm very experienced in what it is that I'm doing. Maybe because it's just the clients I deal with. I think they just happy that somebody's representing them in my yeah. field. Like, right. oh, I got a free lawyer. I was gonna say, and it's free. <laughs> yeah, so. So I don't think they too, they not worried about. They just like, oh, I'm glad you took my case. So do you ever get it from the the sexism side where are you the paralegal? Ooh, oh, I yes, had that happen. I've gotten that from not even I have ne- I've never gotten it from opposing counsel or like just when I go to court and observe, I get it from the bailiff. And I will go to court. I will have on a suit, even when I'm watching and observing court, especially in um Fort Bend County, I went and tried to introduce myself to a judge and because everybody was like, No, when you go to her, you know, make sure make sure you do. Well, as a lawyer, you know you can walk across the bar. He stopped me. Where do you think you're going? Who do you think you are? I said, oh, I apologize. You know, is the, um, and I was actually just going to the counselor's table. I wasn't even going straight to the judge. And I said, well, I'm an attorney. And I just wanted to, you know, introduce myself to the judge. I said, because nobody was in court. Like, it was an empty court. Yeah. She had just, you know, finished or whatever. And um, he just immediately profusely apologizing and i was like okay calm down it's okay i mean but you need to stop judging same i had um i had something in jp court i was um i came in i even had my property code bagel said the same thing you need to get off your phone and it said like attorneys can be on your phone but you know like um the i guess clients could not be and i was like okay you know that's fine and right before um court got started i sat behind you know at the um at the counselor's table and he came back again he was like oh i'm so sorry like i didn't mean to i didn't know you were a lawyer but you know what i like that you follow those rules i mean because i'm not yeah. first of all you got mm-hmm. a gun so i don't need you kill right. me that's you know, true so that's whatever true. but at the same time i'm just like i get prejudged by like court staff like mm-hmm. i always get prejudged and i have on this suit and like you know, three piece suit, whatever heels or flats or whatever. I don't look like everybody else. I try, you know, or whatever. But I always get prejudged just by the court staff. But you know what? That brought up a good point too. Is that part of being a professional is also being professional to those who aren't in your profession. Correct. Because I cannot stand when I see another attorney that is rude to court staff or to. Clients that are, are like, you know, other mm-hmm. people, like they see them at the courthouse, and these people don't know where they're going. You know, now it's different if you're in a rush, but it's like, hey, it's like you ain't that in a rush right. if to tell them, no, you know, I don't know what court that is, or, mm-hmm. you know, or what floor that's on, or something. But I cannot stand that when, you know, we're in a very dated profession, and sometimes people get too high on their horse and they feel like if you ain't the judge they could you could just talk to them yeah. any kind of way yeah. and it's like one 
One thing about me is that I will be courteous to the custodian all the way mm-hmm. up to the president. The president. So, um, I don't know about that. But, um. <laughs> but I will be, I will be courteous. I'll be seriously, <laughs> seriously, I treat everyone the same because everybody deserves respect, and I cannot stand when people in the profession act like they're better than those who are the support staff at the courthouse, or you know, are a paralegal. You know, mm-hmm. like people who are rude to the paralegal. So Why? I used to be a paralegal. Well, so I was told, like before I went to law school. That the paralegals they used to remind me. Remember where you came from. Mm-hmm. Like, don't go in there acting like you high on the hall just because you going to law school and about to be a lawyer. So that's why, unless you try me, but I try to respect the staff or whatever. And then too, you know, paralegals, court staff, whatever, they gonna save you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even though like those bailiffs, they was going off because I like with the second bailiff that was going off me being on my cell phone and he realized I was an attorney. I had to go back to that court again like the following week then it was pleasant whatever i needed he was yeah. like are you good you straight because i didn't go off and i'm yeah. like for what you know mm-hmm. so i try to maintain that yeah. well i would say even i remember applying for a job with i want to say it was bank of america or chase or something and the day of the interview it's a major building you had to check in with security yeah mm-hmm. so said my, who i was and he said sit have a seat so i sat down and I said, next to this young lady, and she leaned over and she said, oh, what are you here for? And I said, an interview. And so she was like, which job? And I told her, and she's like, oh, well, you can go ahead and go home. <laughs> I'm on my second interview. I'm about to get the job. <laughs> so I was like, uh, okay, okay, well, I'm going to stay. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and stay. And so she's like, I'm just saying, like, they call me back. This is my position. So I yeah. said, well, very well. Good luck. And so she went on back and then. I sat there and the security guard walks over to me and he was like, you handle that so well. They really don't like her. <laughs> so I was like, really? So then I went to my little interview and I came out. They walked me all the way through and then they went on about their business. And he leans over and he says, you know, you're going to get the job, right? Right. And I said, how do you know? And he goes, that people don't realize that even as security, I hear them talking when y'all leave. Yeah. And we ask those questions, right? So you don't know in any profession right. who you're dealing with, right. you know, yeah. from the receptionist to mm-hmm. we had another incident in my old firm where the girl came in for the interview. She was going to be a legal assistant and she had an attitude with the receptionist. And the receptionist called HR to come get her and they're like, how was she doing? And they're like, she has a bad attitude. Well, you can tell her to go ahead and go home. We're good. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times professionalism goes even out of even getting into your career is yeah. what are you doing? That's Who are true. you interacting with? You don't ever know where your job or your clients might come from. So maybe you do need to help the person that's lost to get to the courthouse. Because if you're in a criminal courthouse and you're looking for clients and that, that client's lost and you help them, hey, Right, right. I have right, a DUI. Right. Can you? I don't have an attorney. Are you yeah, willing can to? Can you stand up with exactly. me? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. so, do y'all ever get those issues where, okay, when you're on the phone with opposing counsel, and you know we are all women of color, we are black women, that you have to change your voice for those conversations? This is my real voice, so no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, okay. Hi, my name is Brandy. So here, so here's the deal, right? So as a young professional, you think you have to write. But then one time, I was um, 
I had I was on the phone with a potential client, you know, and we were talking, and it was a referral from one of my colleagues, and um, I was talking to him on the phone, and he said, "Oh, you black," <laughs> and I was using my best voice, my best voice, and ever since then, I was just like. It don't See, matter. And it doesn't matter. Because of the type of clients I deal with, I talk regular. Because I be like, girl, now you know you shouldn't have hit them upside the head with this bottle and you trying to get a protective order. But they really you know they feel comfortable and relate. So I guess like I'm that. confused as what y'all but talking about this with extra opposing voice. counsel, do you change your voice? You try to not sound black. black. So, yeah, do you try to Can we look at the video? Okay, so okay. there's this show called, there's this movie called Sorry to Bother You on Netflix. And here's the example. Mr. Davidson, cash the screen here. Sorry to bother you. Let me give you a tip. You want to make some money here? Use your white voice. My white voice? I'm never talking about Will Smith's wife. Like this young blood. Hey, Mr. Kramer. This is Langston from Regal View. As always, we'll be getting that out to you right away. You're doing so good with the voice thing. Holla, 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 holla. So basically, in order for him to rise up in the ranks, Danny Glover told this young man in the movie, you got to use your white voice. So, do you tend to feel like in the... In professionalism in our professional world you have to use your white voice in order to get what you want or for them to take you seriously no (laughs) (laughs) this is still my real voice i do have friends that i have a have a friend she's in the banking and finance industry and i called her one day and she got on the phone and i said oh i'm sorry i must have been misdirected yeah. i'm looking for she goes oh hey girl <laughs> girl what are you doing so she's like that's my voice so uh, no no it's 21st century can we just embrace who we are i don't think i don't think necessarily you change your voice like i don't change my voice but i think i will change how i talk mm-hmm Versus the voice. Versus my voice. But it's not, I don't think it's a white or black or a race thing. I just think it's, um, you know, if I'm talking to some one of my friends, I may use slang or I may, you know, say, girl, now, now what's going on? You know, versus <laughs> if I'm talking to opposing counsel, I, I may say, okay, can you explain your issue, please? <laughs> I, I'm not following you. You know, it's like, I think it's just a matter of, changing how you say things you're not going to use as many colloquialisms or slang or things like that so you shouldn't have to change your voice to get your point across i don't think you really can change your voice i i think there are very i do have some people who can actually trick me but i i don't very few people and and what does that mean because what even, does it even mean? if you change your voice, when the person comes into your office. <laughs> and no, can you keep it going the whole time? <laughs> How do you keep the charade up? Right. But like, what does it, it mean? Be because just like in that movie, you know, he, <laughs> of course, you know, like for acting, but he changed his voice. So what does it mean? Why, as like black people, we have always been taught or whatever, oh, you need to talk white to be taken seriously, or you need to talk like white people, you know, or whatever, just. You know, for that 
for that reason. He talked in his normal voice and he just said, Hey, sorry to, well, hello, sorry to bother you. This is my name. They hung up in his face, but then he switched it and was like, Hi, my name is, you know, in his white voice. And he's making, getting clients. I don't, but. I don't know. I have issues with why is that even considered like a white voice, a black voice? But well, that's and then what it's been I have issues years. with that as well. When you think about like um, going to AT and T, I hate calling AT and T, right? But I when you have an issue, and they send the phone call over to India, mm-hmm. and you know that guy's name is not Mike, but that's the <laughs> name that he chose, <laughs> and I can't understand Mike. I'm like, what's your real name, Mike? No, it's not. <laughs> Be your no. true authentic self the only issue that i have with that is that they do not train those people to really fix your issue correct and so that's the only issue that i have is that one we have we 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 aren't communicating effectively right because you i don't really understand everything you're saying most of the time sometimes i do but sometimes i don't then when i ask to speak to your supervisor you are lost as to that and so that's the issue that i have is the training i don't care whether you transfer my call to anywhere but hell you can transfer my call (laughs) and as long as you can fix my issue i don't care what ethnicity you are but i guess for me when it comes to changing who you are we spend unfortunately a lot of our time in the workplace, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Eight, 10, 12 hours, sometimes 20 hours, depending if you in our profession getting ready for trial or something. Yeah. And so to say that for 10 to 12 hours a day, five days a week, so 60 hours out of those seven days, I'm going to change who I am. But people do it. But I, I do. I, I'm not. When I'm in the office, I am not. I'm myself, but I'm not all of myself you know there are certain parts that you shield Mm -hmm. you know just because I realized um when I because I didn't work in an office till like later in in like like a like an actual like office um so I realized that you know there are certain things that you probably shouldn't share or let your hair down (laughs) in the workplace you should probably you know keep Keep a few things tucked under your weed. And with that, I just be like, you don't deserve all of me anyway in the workplace. So I'm just going to, you know. Well, and is it professional, right? Right. Is every topic that you would have right. going right. to be professional? Right. That's what I had to learn. It's like, even if we at lunch, You're you don't need to say that we, we don't need to talk about. Right. Every concert I go to, you don't need to know. Right. right. I went to a 90s concert. I'll tell you about those. Right. But if I'm going to... Rick the, Ross, maybe. Yeah, or yeah. the twerking classes or whatever. I, I don't go to those. But if I were to go to one of those, right. I don't think that that is appropriate right. for the workplace because depending on who's around you, they might be like, oh, can you teach me how to twerk? And now y'all are all off. Right. See, and I, yeah, it's like I have a coworker now. She's trying her best to be my friend, and she want to be like, so when we're going to happy out together, I don't do that with you. I don't know you like that. Mm-hmm. Or if I mention, you know, you know, I have you're having a collective conversation, and she was like, "Oh, well, what are you doing after work? Meeting some friends for dinner." But you can't go to happy hour with me. We're not friends. <laughs> like, <laughs> we are co-workers. Workers. It's professional here. You can go to happy hour with your coworkers. That does not mean that y'all are friends. Y'all no, know no, 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 no. But see the but difference. The difference. Understand no, no, no. Because then here's the problem that I have. 
Like, yes, you can go with your coworkers. Like, if if it's a group effort. But the problem is that didn't we just talk about you can't share everything who you are? Yes. At work. So when I go to happy hour with my friends, that's like me taking my bra off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like. I get to talk about all the stuff that got on my nerves at work. I get to talk about all the topics that I don't get to. I get to talk about the twerking class that I took this weekend. You know, I can talk about all the stuff that I want to talk about. But see, now we have transitioned work, Samantha. Into happy hour, Smith. Now she the same person. Now she's still buttoned up. No, she's not. She See, is. okay, here's the thing. She's still buttoned up. Let me go ahead and school you, you <laughs> young bucks. Okay, free me. <laughs> there are going to be times in your said careers, okay, that you're going to have to go to happy hours with judges. When I was in Austin, I was in there. No, it's not. It's the same thing. I will go to. I will even go to coffee with judges. They have it every Friday here. That's different. So. I guess because my coworker is a busybody. She is a nosy old busybody who is dying. I hope she doesn't either. I want because she'll probably be like, "Who do you think she's talking? Yeah, who you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to happy hour. (laughs) Tell me who the busybody is." So with that, and when I say with that, because I agree with you, because like you know, we're having a a big firm happy hour. I will go to that when it's other people. But you're trying to be me and you hang out, homegirl, whatever. You are an older. 50-year-old woman who have grandkids and stuff like that who is a busy body. I don't associate that with you. Like, we maybe can go to lunch during work time. Cool. But after work, after hours, I'm like, Samantha, I need to be able to take and my bra off. Let's kick it. I think that there's a difference between – because, yes, you do need to network. And there will be times that you do go to dinner with judges, that you do go to dinner with – other colleagues and things like that and you are still buttoned up and that's fine and i'll be there for an hour and that's and that and i'll stay and i'll have a good time and you you it doesn't mean that you're not going to have a good time but i'm saying that i don't like to spend what i consider my free time is being on meaning if i'm on then i know that i'm on Fine, okay. You know, we're not going to talk about politics at this dinner. We're not going to talk about, you know, certain things that I like to do in my extracurricular that, you know, the maybe I went to a bachelorette, went to a stripper pole class. We ain't going to talk about that stuff, right? So we, there, we have limited topics. But I don't want to just hang out with you and always talk about limited topic stuff. I want to talk about, sometimes I want to let my hair down, and I want to talk about the, st- the off-limit stuff, okay? And I can't talk about it with Susan, who is 50, with her grandkids. And Susan, I always want to try to hook everybody up. <laughs> with random. All right, y'all going to miss out. Well, Sam doesn't need, she needs to miss out. But you're going to miss out. <laughs> I want to miss out. I'm missing out on that. Yeah. So what we laying the rest today? Okay, so, Tamir, what are we laying to rest? Oh, what are we laying to rest? Okay, the judgment that is shown to the younger professionals. Mm. Just because. With that one finger. Just, just because. Just because. That, that you, just. the music, okay? <laughs> just Don't because. Well, I am younger in age. Say that. I have good genes. Well. No wrinkles. Come on. No gray hair. Preach, preach. Does not mean. Take your time. I am less qualified Mm. 
or less intellectual mm-hmm. because the good Lord done put me in this Speak place. On Speak on it. Won't he do he it? He didn't place it, guys. And I was supposed purpose. to be here. And until he says, he I'm leaving, I'm going to stand here and I, thou shall not be moved. Mm. Mm. That was, I felt that. That's a word. That's a word. That's a word. Go ahead and pass my offering in the middle of the <laughs> We'll be we're taking up collection. Right. Hallelujah. <laughs> sponsors to pay for these. There you go. Randy, for sponsors. What you laying to rest? Um, I would like to lay to rest, and I have an issue within our profession. It's just judgment in general. Mm. Stop judging. Stop judging. Stop judging. Judge everything. If somebody messed up in court, don't judge younger lawyers or somebody else. Don't judge that person until everybody, their mama, daddy, sister, brother. Oh, girl. He didn't win. The judge went off on him instead of helping that person. Matter of fact, yeah, like you said, if pull somebody, them aside. If somebody, if a, if a younger lawyer goes into court not dressed right, don't put it on social media talking about why right. such and such didn't have a jacket on and the judge went off. No, tap them on their shoulder and say, this particular judge likes for you to have your jacket on. Don't tell everybody in the world and don't do right. that. Right. So let's stop judging. Because let's some, help each other. Some of y'all seasoned attorneys. Looking like you need to take a bath. I wasn't going to say that. I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> but I'm just saying, some oh, some Lord. seasoned attorneys, you know, comment on wardrobes. And I'm just saying. Yours could use an update. Thing. Let's stop judging in 2019. We laying at the rest. Okay. And I want to lay the rest. Um, considering, I want us to lay the rest office hours, vacation time, and all of that that was part of the old school. We don't need scheduled office hours, okay? We can work from anywhere. Millennials, we can work from home. We can work from Thailand. We can work from all over the world. And so I think that, you know, having these, oh, well, you only get a week off for vacation or two weeks off for vacation, or you have to come in at this time and you have to leave at that time i really think that if you were to do the time that we actually work longer because i know we answer more emails and look at orders and look at things when we are um when we're at home and we can work from anywhere so i look at stuff on my phone i'm constantly working so i think we should lay to rest vacation time i think we should lay to rest standard office hours and i think we should focus on if you billing and if you um if you are getting the work done i think that that's more important is that are you completing the work in a timely fashion but I'm not going to Thailand taking my stuff with me when I go to Thailand. Well, then don't. I mean, that's your choice. But I'm just saying, you know, coming into work and being told, you know, like, you have to be here at this time. You got to leave at this time. And it's like, well, we work from anywhere. You know, like, you could look, you could wake up at 8 and you might not get to your office until maybe 10. But you probably answered emails or sent stuff or reviewed some things while you were at home, you know. So I just think that that square box, we can expand it a little bit. No, right? I agree. And I think that that's more of the the older generation's thought process, yeah. right? Just work, 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 work so that we can accumulate everything. I think we were looking at it earlier, the um, – uh, what you call it with the generational boxes? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And 
how the we can pull that up. Yeah. Yeah. So with the baby boomers, you know, they were just trying to get a nest egg going. Right. Mm. Yeah. And I think that that's where some of the issues we have now is that you still have the baby boomers who are still working. I mean, especially in our profession, some of the older attorneys are in their 70s or 80s. They're they're still practicing. So their mindset is different. It's build, build, build and save, save, save and work so that, you know, you don't get back and you're not broke. So what I learned and I have a phenomenal boss now, like phenomenal. She's like a mentor to me. And one thing that she has taught me as I work with her is um, one day I was trying to come in on a weekend. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, 288 shutdowns over the weekend. So 288 was shut down. And I was like, well, I'm just not going to make it into work. So on Monday, she asked me, did you come in over the weekend to work? And I told her, no. She said, good, because it's work going to always be here. Yeah. She was like, take your time. Take off. My boss every single month is out of the country. Wow. She is on a plane. Every single month. And I look at her because she's been with our firm for 28, 29 years. She's in her early 60s. Kids are grown. But she is gone. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be like you. Because she literally was like, the work going to be here. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and she doesn't take her laptop with her. She doesn't. She might like get on WhatsApp and like text me. And just like, hey, just want to check in real quick. That's it, you know, right. or whatever. But other than that, she was like, you have the time, take it. Don't stress yourself out. You have to have a work life balance because she was like, you cannot consume yourself with working all the time. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she was like, take it. And so, I like. I take a page from her book, and I'm like, okay, I don't feel, you know, bad, like, taking my breaks or whatever. And that's why I said, if I'm going to Thailand, I'm not going to work. I'm not going to check it. You know, no. Like, that's my time. Well, I say that, but I actually, like, I hate, like, not working. Um, you. <laughs> no, but no, I, I don't mind like I don't mind working from other spaces, you know, and I try to discipline myself to where I get most of my work done in the office. But I really feel guilty, like taking off from work. And so I have to really remind myself that you need the recharge, like you need the vacation, you need the break, you know, so um and it's not no problem and it's but it's no pressure for me at work like our boss and and everyone in the office like take off you know enjoy time it's the clients like i feel like i let down my clients you know because they're constantly wanting you know emailing or asking you this and you know in in dealing with family matters you want to make sure they're taken care of so i had to remind myself that look their issue is not necessarily your issue. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you gave them the order. Mm-hmm. They have it. You've explained it to them. So if you are off that weekend on vacation and you told them um, when their visitation is, if they can't reach you, they can't reach you. Well, and I think with the whole vacation spill of it is that you're not doing your client a good service by right. not taking the vacation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you think, okay, well, I'm at their ever waking need. Yeah. And then you get burnt out. And yeah. your body's going to shut down at some mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Regardless if you think you're still going, you're taking your coffee, 
your body's going to shut down via sickness or just being tired or your work product is not where it used to be. And so I like the idea of being able to work from other places. Yeah. Yeah. The firm I'm at right now, I do not have that um, ability to do. Yeah. But I hope one day I do get that ability because if I was sitting in Hawaii... I swear those emails are better sit on the beach. They really are. Yeah. You I know? would give them an hour. I would be like, okay, wherever. Like, but you, but I would give you it. an hour. And no, and I mean, it feels better, but I'm like, okay, you know, and I'm going to open up this laptop. Yeah. I'm going to do this for an hour. Because I did that when I went to Dallas for my CLEs. And, you know, I stayed for out of the fourth. I gave them like an hour, maybe two. And then for like the first week and then the second week was my vacation. And I'm like, and I'm done. And it, I mean, it was good. I guess, you know, it was more, it wasn't as stressful because it was on my own time or I'm laying in the bed and I'm typing yeah. it up. But other than that, I'll give you an hour. Because it also drives me crazy. I hate taking vacation too because I hate feeling like I'm falling behind when I come back. Yeah. I don't want to come back to a thousand emails and 50 things that I have to do. Right, because then I'm always worried about, do I start at the most recent email <laughs> or do I go backwards, right? And I normally try to start at the... The yeah, oldest ones. Yeah. And so I'll be right. I'm shooting off emails. Do this, do that. I'm like, did y'all, did you go? Yeah. Look four days up. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't have that problem because my boss is like, if I know you're going to be gone, she's like, I'm not going to give you anything. Like, mm-hmm. everything stops. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, what other, and then I always put my outer office email. Now, phone yeah. call, now I might come back to a lot of voicemails or something. But, like, emails, you know, they get it real, you know, reply back, I'm out of the office this time and this time. But that's one thing I like with my firm is my boss is like, if you're out, you're not getting anything new. And if there's anything that need to be addressed quickly, you know, like she'll handle it or like the other attorney will handle it. But I, we're kind of, I don't have those type of issues. I used to though, but now it's just. But I will say that working at the firm that I work at now, they're really good about, look, it's going to be there when you get back. Like it yeah. is, it is a revolving door. It's family you know? law. And you want to make sure you take care of your clients right before you leave. But you can't kill yourself right. trying to answer every call, do every single thing, meet with every client. Some of that stuff, it'll be there when you get back. And as you build your clientele, your clients will wait. And they will be all right. Yes. Yeah. So we got any more questions, comments, concerns, love and affection, appreciation? I just want to say that. That sounded good. That's weird. Um, No, be professional. And it's not as hard as you think it is to be professional. I think it's just stopping. And I also, and I don't know if it made the list on the Forbes list, but respect, right? And I think respect. She said it right. You know, Auntie Aretha said it right. If you respect your your counterparts or whoever's, whatever career choices that you're in, I think professionalism automatically comes with it. You know, just by being respectful. I don't know why they make the list, though. Did it not make the list? No. Right. Put some respect on my name. Yeah. It might not Put some respect on my name. Well, thank y'all for joining us again on No Further Questions. Catch us every single week. You can follow us on all the social media channels at um, on Instagram and No Further Questions. Well, No Further Q, my bad. You can follow us on Twitter at NFQPod and on Facebook at No Further Questions. And again, this is your girl, Brandy. You can follow me at Brand underscore Janae on Instagram. Taria, simply being T. Instagram. 
And we follow you today, Sam. You can follow me at back to you, Jim. <laughs> Thank y'all again and tune in next week because we ain't no telling what we're going to be talking about again. <laughs>